Hey guys, welcome to another podcast here with Nick and Jack on Finesse Your Fitness and Finance. Hey guys. That's all you got? You just, hey guys? We got our viewers and we were gone for about a fucking week and you're not even going to be like, hey guys, we missed you. It has been a while, guys. Uh, hoping you all are off to a uh, a great weekend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We apologize for the last episode not coming out a little bit sooner. I was visiting family over in Europe. Now that COVID's finally gone, I can do that. It was a great time. But uh, this week we're out here talking about our, what was it, the last three exercises for... Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is just the part two of uh, different styles of training, uh, the efficiency of them, uh, which ones are good for you, and just why we should have a balance of different training styles. So in that part one, our last podcast, we talked about more strength styles of training, you know, and uh, where today we're more focused on less of, of that building that muscle and more focused on the control of the muscle, focused on the cardio, and really all of these styles are going to be very low impact on the joints and really promoting the longevity of your fitness and health. I like that. I'm still trying to get over the fact that I still don't know the difference between aerobics and what was the other one? Anaerobics? Yes. So all that means, so anaerobic and aerobic, uh, aerobic refers to the two, uh, two types of uh, ways your body metabolizes substrates. And so they can refer to the type of exercise as well. But uh, so anaerobic means it does not require oxygen to metabolize, where any aerobic exercise, you need, the ox- you need that oxygen. So a lot, like pretty much all exercises are going to be aerobic exercises. It's just more referring to the metabolic system inside of you. So that's where that anaerobic is going to come in. Oh. So yeah, it's not really referring to the types of exercises, but more of the way your body metabolizes these substrates, fats, carbs, and proteins. Well, the one thing I never, I'm very intimately familiar with water aerobics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's the difference between aerobic and anaerobic when you're in the water? Is that just you trying to process the different I don't think the anaerobic is necessarily going to apply into the water. Um, so the water aerobics, for what I know, is essentially the you sit down in the water and you are just you're doing as much exercise as possible in a low impact environment. Water is actually the closest thing we have on Earth to the degree of getting. Sorry, it's the closest thing we have to grab, like being in a no zero gravity environment. Exactly. It is really the only uh, type of environment that would stimulate that uh, low or no gravity feeling. And that is why it is one of those best exercises for low impacts, as I said earlier. Like you, you can't beat it as far as the uh, just the pressure on the joints. You can. Uh, it's the best of both worlds because even though we don't have that added pressure on the joints, we still have that added resistance with each movement. It's harder to move. It's harder to do these movements, but we're really not doing anything negative on those joints. And you as a swimmer could definitely probably touch on how you were able to get a lot of very intense workouts in the pool. 
and training in the pool. But I'm sure you never or you probably never had knee issues or like say after a hard workout the next day you didn't wake up with some bad joints or some weak joints no like the thing that i kind of took away from all the water aerobics was they the the tools that they used were like foam like a waterproof kind of foam and so like these dumbbells they weigh nothing more than like a couple ounces but in the water when you're trying to push it underneath because the way that, you know, the water works, the deeper you go, the more pressure you're yeah, getting. and using those floatable devices mm-hmm. is only going to add that intensity because of the, the density, of course. Exactly. Okay. And so you're sitting there and you're trying to work out and then you basically turn this 10-ounce piece of foam into like a 20-pound dumbbell. That makes, that makes perfect sense. And again, that piece of foam, you're getting that full resistance. And I mean, it just sounds like very effective and one of the better ways to work out and it, ki- it kicked my ass a few times man i was like I've, I've only done it a handful of times and i've only ever kind of taught a few classes when i was swimming more in my collegiate days but that was just more because i wanted the experience and the more the variety and it was there is just so much content for water aerobics like just this morning we were working out and we were doing all this different stuff and we did different variations of the same kind of workouts that we were doing and that's the same kind of thing with water aerobics and i know for a lot of people that aren't very good at swimming water aerobics is a great way to get in the water and uh, they have you put on this belt it's almost like a life vest and so when you're sitting there and you're just like hey I want to swim, but I really can't. They have you put on this belt, and instantly you're floating above, and you can participate. Just to get used to that feeling, because I'm sure that feeling for people who weren't prop, who weren't who didn't learn at an ugly, ugly early age could be very uh, scary. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. The aspect of drowning is terrifying. Like just. Did terrifying. you know that the number one cause of death in the desert is drowning? In the desert. In the desert. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. Look it up in right relation now. Look. To, in relation to what? Because I know when I lived in the desert, there was a lot of. Uh, there so, was still a lot of. Uh, so flash flooding out there. Flash there flooding. Still a lot of uh, flash flooding. Oh, oh well, yes, that does make sense. Now, <laughs> perspective, because yeah, that again, I did live out in the desert for quite a few years, and where I lived, uh, they actually had some experience with that literally just uh, in this last month uh, in California in the high desert in Southern Cal, they uh, received a um, tremendous amount of precipitation. And since it's a desert and they're not used to it, that ground, there's not all that soil to absorb it. And it's like concrete, like it's gonna absorb a little, but it's not going to absorb that much. I even compare it to Lake Less. Concrete's made to absorb that water where this desert really isn't. So you're absolutely right. It is scary how how fast that water can add up. And mm-hmm. what's something that, uh, just an example of that, like where we lived again. So I lived near the Mojave River, which is, uh, I lived there for like three years and there was not once when I ever saw it filled, there was always just maybe minorly a trickle there. And it was a big, full-size river. Like, there's bridges going across it and everything. Walking trails going down it. It was a very wide river, just constantly empty. And it was mind-blowing within a 36-hour window seeing this basin completely bone-dry to literally filling with rapids. 
it's it's like a miracle and dude that's nuts it is nuts and even right now just to add on like yes they got all this rain from a few weeks ago but now they're battling their own winter storm what's really crazy is i've been seeing pictures all day long of like more snow than we've had in all year in the middle of the freaking desert i know you guys aren't gonna be able to see but i mean just check the dirt the intensity of this for being in the middle of the desert like just, isn't that crazy just imagine if you like, were like an expert so like an expert of water aerobics and you're just like desert and like eventually that all that melts and then you just like i get my i get my little like flotation device <laughs> on i get my you're gonna get your workout on when there's flash flooding mm-hmm. and it's like we work out on the go I think that would be hilarious. It would be um, definitely some uh, safety concerns, I'd say. But, uh, <laughs> Only definitely slightly. bring up the good point. So one thing I want to touch on before we get into other styles of training, you had your question about aerobic and anaerobic. So I wanted to get a little more deeper into that. Again, it doesn't apply to the exercises. It applies specifically to the metabolic systems in our body. And I'm not going to get too in-depth there, but I am going to touch on a surface level. So, we have three substrates in our system that we really focus on our main What's a substrate? So, a substrate is those elements, the, uh, say, your protein, your carb, your fat. It is the compounds in your body that make up nutrition, that make up the okay. nutritional value. Okay. So, everything so, that you're putting in your body and all that type of yes, stuff and how your body processes. substrates, yeah, specific to those, uh, those fats proteins and the carbs so what i want to get in depth here is so you're asking so the aerobic so aerobic processes requires oxygen where anaerobic doesn't require oxygen okay and so the one substrate that does which is usually one that everyone's always paying attention to is fat we all focused on losing that fat and keeping you know how our fat levels down to a minimum so our fat substrates are the one in our body that does require oxygen to burn your body physically cannot burn fat without oxygen so that's why whatever we metabolize fat that is an aerobic process huh well i'll be a monkey's uncle that's actually really cool i mean it makes sense because they call it water aerobics and your head's above the water and you're sitting there and you're working out and so on and so forth Yes, sir. So I just want to clear that a little bit. So like everything we're talking about is aerobic because we, I mean, we, we require oxygen to live. But it's not just like one thing. Like, you know, like they say water aerobic. Water aerobic is more of a, like a subgenre, while yeah. aerobic is the more umbrella term. Exactly. All aerobic is referring to is a movement or an exercising that's focusing on strengthening the muscle, the, the breathing, the cardiovascular system. So like for textbook definition, it is again, any exercising that is designed to strengthen the heart and lungs. Huh. As that is specifically. So like I said to strengthen the muscles too, and that's because any of these aerobic exercises, the majority of them are all focusing on those muscles as well. But aerobic is specifically to the heart and lungs. Well, I mean, one one ends up affecting the other, so it's like... Absolutely, like, you can't do one without the other, so yes. So what's the other version mean? The anaerobic? Yeah. So again, that's like, we need... That is specifically 
to the processes that happen inside our body. Any exercise we do is all aerobic because we, we can't do anything without oxygen. So like everything we do is aerobic based. So um, this, this makes more sense now. Yeah. So like, and I know like we had that confusion in the beginning. So like we really are just dealing with all these, like everything we do is, you know, aerobic based because I mean, we're mammals and we need that oxygen to live. So hypothetically speaking, does that mean that running on the treadmill is an aerobic exercise because you're breathing and you're... Yeah, anything. I mean, goes from, you know, just walking your dogs as an aerobic exercise to freaking, you know, running after some kids, playing tag, you know, just... Running after some kids. Why that, why, why that came to my idea specifically, you know, but either you're... So a little, little sidebar. I was actually, so I was on the phone with you a while back. And I got pulled over by an angry neighbor. And he was like, hey, blah, 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 are you with this kid? And so this kid was like five feet away from him. And like, he was like, oh, this guy, he's following me, blah, blah, blah. What I didn't know was that this kid had been ding-dong ditching the adult. And so the adult was just like, I'm, I'm calling the cops. I'm staying away from you. And he's just... He was just been following him pretty much for the last like two hours apparently, and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this, but now that you said that, and I'm thinking of the story, I'm like, that guy got a lot of aerobic exercise chasing that kid that was ding dong. Oh, I'm sure he did. I mean, assuming he led a pretty sedentary life at that age, you know, I'm sure he did get himself a good little aerobic exercise in. Well, when you're angry, you, uh, you, you got that move. adrenaline running. You're gonna move, yeah. You're definitely gonna move a little bit faster. But so yeah, so we talked about water aerobics. What are some like uh again you came from a trainer, you you mentioned a few things we can do but in the water, but there's uh I mean, there's so much you can do. Either it be just taking laps, just swimming back and forth. Two, you have I mean, there's a whole sport which uh isn't big out here in the United States, but I know it is in some places. Uh, you know, water polo, that's its own sport. Oh that Lord. So I, like w- with water aerobics? Like what I was talking about earlier with the belt, and it helps with your buoyancy. That in itself is an incredibly hard and difficult thing to do. Just just the core workout of being in the water and getting that, like, like keeping yourself at that right level in the water and not sinking down and, like, constantly kicking. It's just, like, I stand by the fact that it, like, since I was a swimmer, swimming was one of the hardest, if not the hardest sport, only because it's more mental, and it's a full-body workout on top of that. So you could be working out for two hours, and it's constant. When we go to the gym, there's always, like, a break here, break there, break whatever. But if you're in the water nonstop, you're constantly either treading or just keeping that, your balance. And your breathing control. levels. Yeah, no... I feel like there's a lot of subconscious movements and control that probably uh, is developed throughout swimming. Holy, you say? holy hell! It's because in the beginning you have to focus on a lot. You have to focus on treading. Like you have to learn how to tread water. You have to learn how to keep your chin up and keeping your head above the water level. And like so much now, mental. when you go in a pool, I'm sure you don't think twice about it. Oh, I haven't been in a pool in years, my man, but I, if I train my body, I think all the habits that I formed over the 15 years that I swam, I could easily pick it back up. I would need like at least a solid month, two months to just get back to where I could actually swim down and back and my breathing control is real shit right now, but 
the one thing I could always take away from just all the aerobic exercises that we did was the just the constant like muscle building and I absolutely love that mm-hmm. but it, it's it's a lot different because in the last podcast we talked about did we talk about hit training like high intensity interval training I think is what it's called yes sir that we did so the thing with swimming or aerobics you start to get a more leaner build I feel like versus with like hit it's more like maximizing like one specific group of muscles and building it to like its maximum potential while also still moving. So it's almost like when you're doing an aerobic or water aerobic or anything water related, your body is just far more leaner versus somebody who does hit training. And I'd be really interested to know if there was like if somebody did like a study or a comparison on like the body frames. Just like on how much muscle mass you gain by just committing to one specific form of I training. I definitely believe there'd be a very uh, a strong highlighted correlation there. Because overall, yes, like I, swimming can be very, very intense. But overall, if again, you're staying in that pool for that two-hour length, when you're treading water, I'm not calling it low intensity, but for a duration of it, it's a little bit lower, would you say? Where instead, say like say with your when we go to the gym and work out, and whether it's hit or whether it's just a regular strength training, we're giving it our all. We're taking breaks. We're giving it our all. We're taking breaks. Where with swimming, it's a little more consistent, mm. wouldn't you say? And I'd studies say so. have proven that those lower intensity but longer endurance exercises, whether it be a long walk, a long jog, studies have proven that these are very very efficient at burning that fat, as well as carbs. Um, so usually when you are in a long intensity workout like that, which is over an hour, anywhere from like 40 to two hours, generally after that, once you reach into a certain stage where your heart rate elevates, you're going to start burning 50% carbs, 50% fats, which is, again, you're not like all fats, but it really is a great balance and you're going to it's a very, very efficient way to burn down that body fat. So I think correlation would show that like overall there is going to be like a lower body fat or like a leaner frame typically associated with swimming. But I also, we can't stereotype that because most swimmers, some swimmers are going to stick with that one's training style where there's swimmers who also weight train and Mm. do other forms of cardio as well. So of course we can't, you know, we can't, stereotype or some any of them up as a whole but overall i would say a leaner body type body would be associated with swimming versus your traditional strength training whether it be hit whether it be bodybuilding weight training just with lifting weights and it's all it's all dependent on like what is the like what is the what are you trying to do like with swimming you want to be physically as light as possible but also as strong as possible so being leaner is kind of a key. Absolutely. You want the dense muscles, you know. You don't want water weight, definitely. You don't want that. Like, you, you want some mass, but you want very, very lean mass. Gotcha. So, uh... What was the other, uh... What was the other form of exercise that we were going to talk about? Absolutely. So we're talking about water aerobics. Uh, so other two very, very popular, um, low impact um low impact and when i say low impact i don't mean i strictly mean on the joints whenever i use that term low impact exercises refer to the amount of and the intensity of the impact on the joints and on the body 
because we want to maximize the efficiency of these with minimizing the impact. So the other two we're going to go into are yoga and Pilates. Two oh. very popular... Uh, I was kind of mad that we didn't talk about it last podcast because I was like, "What? The, I know what yoga is. I know, and, and it is like, like commonly known on a surface level, but I feel like a lot of people don't know the real benefits and meaning behind uh, pr- consistently practicing these, and we'll definitely go into that. So, have you, for someone who, you don't regularly do yoga, right? So, I did do yoga for like one or two classes when I was working at a YMCA. That's where I did a lot of my swimming in my uh, collegiate days, high school days, blah, blah, blah. And my girlfriend at the time, she was just like, let's go do yoga. She was, I think we also did like CrossFit and some other stuff. And it was just more like the tempo and like that was where we were getting the exercise. And like the yoga was more of a... I don't know. It was more like downward dog and then like warrior two. And I'm like, it was, it it felt very much more like I was trying to have a control over my body in the sense that like, I'm trying to orient my body in such a way where I have mastery over it. And then I can uh, apply flexibility and stretches or stretches to get flexibility. If that makes sense. But that's, that's all I know. Absolutely. Um, considering that's all you know, I'd say you did a very good job summarizing uh, the surface level of that, um, even more a little deeper than that. So yeah, so yoga is all about that control. Again, we're not focused on the strength or burning fat. All, all the benefits of it are really in the back of our head. What we're, the main benefit of this yoga is we're improving our mobility, we're improving our flexibility, but most importantly, we're improving that body control, as you said. Really, really focusing on the movements we're doing. And yoga specifically is really about holding different positions, holding these stretches, but being able to maintain the constant breathe and the flow we have within our body. Because as I've said, gone over in a lot of videos and just in general, is when we're working out, our priority, and again, this will become subconscious, and it'll become something you practice without thinking about over a long period of time, but our priority is always the mind-muscle connection and the breathing, you know? Our body, our movements, our breathing, our mind, it's all in sync. So yoga is so, so important to make sure our breathing and our body are in sync and we have that flow. I feel like if you have a better mind and body connection, it's almost like you know on how to it's like how am I trying to explain this when you when you sit there and you 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 can physically know what you're doing with your body all of the exercises that you try and do are just so much more effective not easier absolutely like outside of yoga like it really does like the benefits like you reap so many like throughout normal workouts normal I mean like strength training workouts and just in every other aspect of life um one thing that we really do need to uh, touch on before we get any deeper is uh, the difference. So yoga and Pilates are... Hey, what the heck is Pilates? Very similar. I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> so they're similar, but they are very different. Um, so they're both very low impact exercises, but the biggest difference is so in yoga, 
we find a position, we hold that position, and we're either gonna hold it and stretch it, or flow into a different position, which is generally, it's a very smooth flow, where Pilates, you find this position, you find this movement, and once you have that, you are then adding more movements with your arms or legs. So you're engaging the core with this initial position. And then once you have that position, you're then taking a step further by adding another exercise to it just to improve and make improve the intensity of the mind-muscle connection and overall just really make it so I guess I guess help me out here. What's this, like? Look it up real quick. What's the like? What's the Google definition of Pilates? Because in my head, it almost sounds like they're almost the same thing. Isn't it? They are. You're just gonna take it a step further with Pilates, and so the priorities are gonna be aligned. But again, you're just taking it one step further. So we have these stretches. We have these yoga positions we're holding. We're focused on the breathing, we're focused on the hold. But with Pilates, we're just taking that a step further, adding more movement just to really work on that um, mind-muscle connection with not just our abs, but with everything else. So the textbook definition of Pilates is a system of exercises using special apparatuses designed to improve physical strength, flexibility, posture, and to enhance mental awareness. It was developed in the early 20th century by um, a German physical trainer whose name was Joseph Pilates. <laughs> of course. Imagine that. Uh, well, I thought Pilates was actually some kind of like Latin term or had some oh, kind of nope, Latin Nope, it word. is just made up of a German physical therapist. So, uh, is this before or is, after World War II? Yep. And it is performed <laughs> worldwide. Um, I can say... From what I've come across, at least, I feel like Pilates is more associated with females, typically. And I don't want to promote this um, stigma about it because it really is amazing and beneficial for for uh, all genders and for all people. Again, for all ages, too, because of that low impact. Like, this is beneficial for younger people, older people, really whatever current condition you're in. It is just amazing, and that efficiency and that mind-muscle connection. Um, it can be a lot, and it can be overwhelming. It's usually typically fast-paced, where yoga is really slow-paced, and your oh. main priority is your breathing and the stretch. Where Pilates, your focus is being able to maintain your breathing while you're maintaining your ab engagement, while you're maintaining these extra added movements with your arms and legs or whatever that may be. And I love what you just did right there. You're like movement, and like our 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 guys can't, our audience can't see it, but you're just doing a little jazzy step, just and I little, love it. Little little dancey dance. A little jazzy step. Yeah. So I guess I, one of the things I did with my ex was we ended up doing a. I think I, t- I said this earlier, but it was a Zumba class. Is what they're calling it. Does Zumba count as Pilates? Nope, it is actually its own uh, style of training or oh, program. Oh, you're kidding me. And this was actually my next step. I'm so glad you asked that. So what <laughs> Zumba is, and... That's hilarious. What exactly... Uh, so I guess we should tell our audience here. Yeah, so it is another Zumba. aerobic exercise, of course. So this is not necessarily a style and more of a program. So 
Zumba is an aerobic fitness program that features movements inspired by a various style of Latin American dance. And it's normally performed to uh, Latin American dance music, so... I don't think anything I listened to in Zumba was Latin America. I mean, really? It was, it was very much... Uh, no, I take that back, because there was a lot of Spanish. I was going to say, like, Zumba is specifically oriented for that Latin America because... And I want to say mostly just due to the fact that a lot of dancing and music in uh, Hispanic music really does require a lot of hip motion. And there's a lot of movement going on, which requires a lot of ab work. Um, I'm so glad you asked about movement because this is another style of exercise that I do promote. Again, I don't personally practice myself, but it is amazing. And it's a way to have fun while you're working out. Um, it's not even working out at that point. It's more like dancing. Uh, like, you say that, but oh, no, no, it, no, no. It, is, I, it can be extremely intense. And I say extremely intense. Um, I, the first that day I did it, I, I felt I could tell like the difference between my girlfriend at the time versus me. I was sitting there and I was like, I was trying to do it. And like my lower body connection, like I can, I, I could kick at the time. Like I could kick all day, every day. But, like, there was just something about moving your hips that was just so something, like, just something I couldn't necessarily do. Mm-hmm. Because it was, like, you were, you keep saying the mind-body connection. And it's, like, I was, I'm, I'm curious now, like, if I had actually kept with it, would my squats be a lot better? Or would my... Would Form, my... absolutely, yes. Um, it is a very unique style of training. Um, again, this one is also associated more with typically females. And I don't want to push that towards, I don't want to push any males away from it. But, you know, it's, uh, again, a lot of Latin American dancing is lots of uh, hip motions, lots of, lots of movement. And uh, it's amazing still for developing that mind-body connection, but it's really good for building that confidence, you know? You're able to, like, that's scary. And the fact that you did go and do a Zumba class, I, I give you props for that because I don't, I, I'd be scared. I'd, I'd be scared shitless, man. Like, I've seen those classes when I was a member at club. Um, they had them and they were very full and it's so fast paced and especially when you have a lot of regulars in a class, it just, it's overwhelming. Oh yes. Uh, although I, there is one thing I'm kind of curious about in your professional opinion, what is a way to get more males to do, I guess, Zumba, Pilates, yoga? So, because we, you talked about like, you don't want to push a stigma, but like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking... Okay, as a as a guy, what do I want? I want to hit the weights. I want to feel the burn. But it's like, is it, like, in today's society, like, everybody's just more oriented toward the, like, the guys are here, girls are there. Like, what could, you know, I guess, like, gyms, what could they do to advertise more towards men? Like, do they need to go out to, like, schools and, like, hardcore sell, sell, sell? Or, you know what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I feel like... I mean, it really depends on gyms and where their priorities are at. Um, there's a lot of gyms out there, like even commercial gyms that do offer these classes. Like, say Club Fitness, um, they offer uh, quite a few different classes like Zumba and dance classes. And they all also do, uh, they still have a lot of different resources and tools that men would typically be more... Uh, They'd be, they'd be more 
I guess more it, it's more advantageous. I oh, feel like for a man trying. to go hit the racks. That's what I'm saying. Like and they have free weights, they have the deadlift platforms, which are typically, I guess, more associated with men. Which I can't even. I don't even know if that's accurate anymore because in today's world, I would say that weight training, bodybuilding, powerlifting, all this is very gender fluid, and there is a very equal amount of you know different types of people but uh there is still a few more steps that could be taken for commercial gyms just to improve that diversity and improve the amount of opportunities whether it be dance to fit like me personally like for example um at planet fitness i'm a trainer there and we offer a bunch of classes that are all you know designed towards weight training towards stretching but we don't have any of these lower impact classes except just our basic stretching well, class and i feel like there's other the big problem with planet fitness is that they don't have a space for it they don't and that is something that uh it's a it would take a lot to change especially since it is a franchise you know that is something we can't just do one gym at a time yeah, you know yeah, no, it is definitely. something that had to be done with every gym in that location so that's something that they have accepted that they are not promoting but they have the outreach that they they have enough uh, diversity in equipment and in opportunities to hit more of the male and female uh, clientele. But one thing I do want to talk about, so you're talking about Zumba, and yes, it is specifically for the Latin America uh, dancing and culture. But, um, of course, that is not the only type of dance fitness out there so dance to fit is going to be very very similar but it's just more oriented just towards more mainstream i guess i want to say like it's not restricted to any type of culture usually it's just more relevant so it's like here in america you know lots of pop um just whatever is really mainstream at the moment same style you know you're dancing there's a lot of different movements that constantly engage the abs you're engaging different parts of the body you're dancing but you are working out you're doing a lot of different exercises that you could see in different ab hit workouts and different type of you know cardio exercises so it almost sounds like in order to get men to go to these classes like it also like it, it depends on the gym and so it's like, unless the gym changes, then it's really almost impossible. But I would say so, and I, I don't know why, and I'm speaking freely here, but I mean, I feel like as a whole, like dancing is, again, that's gender fluid, of course, but you typically, I feel like out in public and in different events, like it's more traditional scene, a lot more women dancing than men and I don't I'd say this is more relevant nowadays because I feel like again dancing is gender fluid you know it is plenty there's so many men and there's so many women that love dancing sadly I'm not one of them I wish I did uh it's just one of those things I'm not uh, I have two left feet you know and uh hey, well I got two right feet so we'll just switch and then we'll dance oh there we'll, you go we'll be gods let's do, do a little something but uh there is some stuff that could be taken, but honestly, if there was enough push or reason for it, I feel like gyms would take that initiative. It just doesn't seem like, as a whole, a lot of guys aren't interested in that. But that's because it is not catered toward them. Maybe there should be more hip-hop 
like, like hip hop dance exercises, like that would be dance to fit. I'm not sure, but uh, I can't say I've ever been like, man, I really want to learn hip hop. I know. The thoughts cross my mind, and you know, there is a, and a few of my classes I have randomly kind of thought to bring in a song or two and just to start doing certain body weight exercises to that melody, you know, like a very popular song, which I don't know if you've heard of, uh, this might bring back some memories, um, uh, good old Bring Sally Up. Why does that, that ring so a bell? Familiar? Why does that sound awfully familiar? Uh, this is something that I remember being used back in high school, middle school for the cross country team. And it's usually used for squats or for push-ups. It's a song that's very oh, basic, very uh, boring, but it's very repetitive. I hated everybody that did that. I hated every second. Oh, Sally up. And then you just have to hold it. It's like... Sally up. Yep. Such a... Such a... That wasn't terrible, but it was just... Oh. So not to say that's like the same as Dance and Bitter Zuma, but I do try and find small, just small things to squeeze in there that like make you take a sec to think less about an exercise and just focus on what we're doing. How do you feel about this, right? Not like your next class, but like we figure out you and I like off, off, you know, camera off, you know, what we're doing right now off podcast. We figure out on how to implement potentially in a few of your classes, more Zumba-esque type of thing. Like I'm thinking in that area where and our audience doesn't really know that, but, like, there's, a, uh, there's like, this area where they do, uh, like, there's a bunch of, like, uh, platforms where you can, you know, do your exercises, and then you got, like, 30-second stations, right? And it's, like, a big, bigger opener area. What if you took your class and did it over there, but it was more Zumba-oriented? I don't think this mind hasn't crossed my mind mo- plenty of times. There's just a multitude of factors that just really get in the way number one first of all the sound uh we have a sound system that is constantly playing music throughout the whole gym that is very loud so i would need to have my own sound speaker that would not in uh interfere with the rest of the gym i mean we take my we take one of our cars and we just park it in the middle yep, of the gym if only it was that easy um number two <laughs> again none of these rooms are closed a lot of people who are doing dance if they're doing zumba if they are new at it they're gonna want as few outsiders or out or inlookers as possible because yeah. it is a very it makes you very self aware. It's a very scary thing to do. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of stuff going on. You're gonna feel very shaky and uncomfortable at first. Number three is mirrors. A lot of people when they do these types of styles, they want mirrors because they want to make sure you know they're watching themselves. And with these like you know dance to fit Zumba classes, but even with like just regular weight training. Mirrors is a very important part of learning, uh, learning form, of bettering your form, you know? I guess that's self-reflection. Um, but with that being said, it is something I talk about, and uh, my girlfriend, Ashley, is actually, she is a dance to fit uh, and Zumba certified, and she used, she did that for quite a, she did that for a few years at different places. Oh, and I know that, actually. Yeah, we're actually in the middle of kind of working out uh, some weekend classes for my clients, so they do have that, uh, those options, because even if I did have the resources, I mean, I would push and I would learn, but as I said, I'm not a dancer. It's actually one of my few fears. I really dislike it, and I want to trust myself to give these, uh, these so instead of doing that challenge, what if you and I just one weekend just did a Zumba class and then we just we we talk about it? I mean, yeah, I think that would be a great challenge for us and definitely some uh, 
we could bring that feedback back onto this podcast. I'd love that. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I've been talking just... to a few people because I have been looking around at different uh, places just so to see different possibilities for Ashley to teach at. And we'll look around. We might have to uh, go take a Zumba class. Uh, not something I'd uh, normally really see myself doing, but I, I love I love putting myself in those you know, uncomfortable positions and really pushing myself there. So, uh, I love that idea, you know? I think we'd do it. I think it'd be a little humbling, but I think it's something we'd need. I think, I think challenges would be cool. Like, we just do, like, a whole entire month of just, like, so, like, every time that we sit down and we come up with these ideas, we write it down, and, like, maybe in September or October, we just do, every weekend, we do, like, one thing challenge-oriented. Yes, right. absolutely. So, like, on how you're doing the 75 hard, right? We do a challenge. But it's, like, the, the, the seven-week challenge, or I, I, I don't know. We, there are some things we need to iron out here. But regardless, I think we've hit Pilates. We've hit uh, yoga. We've hit um, aerobics. Water aerobics. We've aerobics. hit the dance to fit. What's another thing that was originally on the our last episode? What was the other thing that we were trying to talk about? I can't remember. I mean, we touched most of it. So uh, it was really that low-intensity cardio, which we didn't touch too much on. But so low-intensity cardio, that's that really that just being walking your dog, doing a nice hike, going on a jog, you know, going on a bike ride, roller skates, you know, using an elliptical walking on a beach, like any, for a longer period of time, for a consistent intensity, usually a lower intensity, low impact on the knees, uh, on the joints in general, this is going to be that last style of training we're talking about for the day. You know, the simplest, you know, again, something that everybody needs, no matter what style of training we are doing, we need that combination of this low intensity cardio, just to keep, you know, optimizing that fat burning, keeping that heart, and keeping our lungs healthy and as uh, strong as they can be. So that is something that we do need to balance. Even if we are going into our fitness journey narrow-minded with one specific training style, we need to include that low-intensity cardio. Would you say for your 75 hard, so like prior to your 75 hard, right? I know that you were constantly like going to the gym and you were you were more focused on, like, one style of training. We've kind of talked about, like, all seven in this two-parter now. And so, like, with your 75 hard, has that given you some kind of new, I guess, perspective on the value of mixing it up and, like, trying to get your body, like, a, like a shock? Absolutely. 100%. Um, so, before the 75 hard, I was not doing a seven-day workout program. I was doing usually a four-day program, you know, three rest days. And with that four-day, you know, I had a four-day split. I'd go to the gym, you know, I'd hit chest and tries. I'd hit legs. I'd hit back and thighs. I'd hit legs, you know, I'd hit the, I'd split the shoulders up. And it was a lot more repetitive. And the progress wasn't as fast, I'd say, in either the weight just because I was sticking to the same formula where with this 75 hard I had to really spread it out thin I had to include different other styles of training which I'm glad because 
I was limiting and restricting myself before this challenge by only sticking to my one style of strength training. I was doing HIT workouts too, but it was all strength style related, where now, since I had to do two workouts a day, no matter what, seven days a week, I'm getting one low intensity cardio workout in, no matter what. And don't think I'm out here running and riding bikes seven days a week, because I'm not. And I can't, like not on my knees. So I am walking my dogs like five five days a week, you know, I'm running. And for our audience that don't know this, your your knees have always, I, I know we've talked about it briefly in private, your knees aren't the greatest. Yeah, I, I mean, I just got a bum knee, you know. Uh, well, you're a bum, I'm 21, so. so it's not, you know, I'm definitely too young to be having some uh, <coughs> knee injury already, but that was just due to... Uh, Getting into my fitness journey very early on, I was in middle school, kind of learning the uh, learning everything. I was learning from an old mentor who used to be a professional bodybuilder, and I was I was training as a bodybuilder in middle school. Um, that not might not necessarily be the best style of training, just because of that amount of impact on my knees. And so even and then, you're doing a. It was a different set of a different mindset, different training. Absolutely, even to the, and the priorities today. are different. You know, I was focused on my four main lifts: my squat, my bench, my deadlift, my hang clean, and I was focused on weight and form. I had the form down, and so I was just focused on doing this as heavy as I could. So once a month, I was maxing out my PR. You know, getting that heaviest weight I could, and for a little kid who has never played a sport in his life to just jump in the deep end of bodybuilding. It was a lot, and I loved it, but uh, I feel like I should have taken a little little uh, more baby steps instead of big leaps. And uh, I mean, sometimes being thrown in the fire is the only way you can do it. But. Absolutely, but for this particular way, it just definitely was not the way. So I was, I was maxing out my uh, squat, and uh, I just I blew out my knee. It was... Uh, Never fun. No, it was not fun. I, I, it was... It took a year to recover, and it's never been the same. I wasn't allowed to, like, I didn't do any exercising for a good, like, six months, and it's never been the same. I can't sit still for over, like, 20 minutes without a massive amount of stiffness and pressure building up, and for that first six months, it was, gosh, like, I was still on the school bus, you know, back in that day, and I just remember, I literally, like, it was the worst. Like Oh, their seats are awful. Every, yeah, that. And every bus stop, I'd have to stand up and stretch my knee out because it was so freaking tight and just painful. So, yeah, I do have that background with a bad knee. And this is why I always encourage, you know, taking baby steps, building your foundation, learning all of the principles and small things that you need to know before you try and push yourself with more advanced exercises or with weight. Yeah, so um, I, I think now that you're 75 hard, you're on day 55, you're getting close to that end. I'm curious, because I think we should, we're definitely, we talked about it in the past, we should definitely do like a, a second parter on your 75 hard to, you know, showcase the progress that you've Absolutely, because there's a lot to go about, you know, and I mean, heck, I could spend a long time talking about it. Always. The pros and the cons, because there's quite a lot of cons there. But we don't need to, because you talked about it in our new video that just or we just posted this morning. Yes, sir. We did have a we did have a new to a new YouTube video drop today. Again, just catching up on my progress with that seventy five hard. What's happened in these last uh, this last month or so? The pros, the cons, where I feel like I'm at. And I'd like to do a post six month 
or post six months, post three months, however many, you know, and we just see like, okay, did you take all of the lessons you got from the 75 hard and what has that done for the new jet? Because like, it's about a three month process. Like that's, that's a lot of time committed to this intense uh, just challenge. Absolutely. It really is. Um, but I mean, that's, that's down the line. Um, but I think we're starting to get towards the end of our podcast here. So you have any, you know, things you want to say before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, just, just, uh, we'll recap this, just sum it all up. Again, the first part of this, we talked about strength training, HIIT workouts, HIIT workouts, high intensity circuit training versus interval training, uh, power building, you know, and then our lower intensity cardio, our yoga, our Pilates, our water aerobics. Always a fan favorite. All of these are great, but none of them should be solely dependent on. Should do like a, a mix. You should always have a mix. You should always have some sort of low impact exercise that's good for promoting your your lungs, your cardiorespiratory, your cardio cardiovascular system, and your there respiratory you system. Uh, it's good to have a mix. You know, you want to build that muscle. You want to focus on the strength side of things, but you need to focus on the mind muscle connection. That is going to come first, you know, that having full the... control over your body, over your breathing, and just having a diversity. I will always promote, have a diversity in your training. Don't do the same thing every week. Don't do the same thing every day. Have a mixture. Make sure you're having those low-intensity exercises with some higher-intensity exercises, you know. Make sure you're adapting and personalizing these training styles to yourself. There's thousands and thousands of programs and YouTube videos out here, but... You should definitely watch ours. Of course, of course, at uh, Fitness Law and Finance on YouTube, but they're all going to be, not all, but a lot of them are going to be very generic or promoting to your average person, and just really make sure you're staying personal to yourself. We all have different bodies, all different body types, all different, you know, factors and different old injuries, so make sure we're finding the best combination of training styles that fits us and that fits our lifestyle and routine, you know, and... That's kind of how I want to end it on there, guys. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, I hope you guys learned maybe a couple different ways to work out, a couple different ways to go at it. And I will see you guys on the next one. Yes, sir. And like I was saying earlier, I think that the entire top, like just the, the main lesson for this episode is like that mind-body connection because that's the one we keep coming back to. And I just want people to be like, that's an important thing. Absolutely. It really is. But just like Jack said, it's time to go and... Y'all have a good one. This is Nick and Jack. Peace out, guys.